Coast. It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast, the podcast for fans, by fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat, and you are listening to episode 79, the divisional round playoff preview episode. Let me welcome in my co-host with the most, my buddy from another muddy, Mr. Olive Garden himself, Super Salad Steve Knox. Olive Hardin. I prefer. How about that intro? That was pretty good. I'm wound for sound. I had a snippy <laughs> doodle cookie. Mr. I'm ready Olive to boogie. Garden himself. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they call you soup? <laughs> I don't know. I Salad didn't this. sound right. Yeah. I love that. I don't even know where super sticky came from, to be honest, but <laughs> how they got shortened to soup. That was uh, That was it. <laughs> I remember at one point I used to call you Zeme Kid, and I don't know what that came from either. Noxzema? Noxzema to Zima to Zeme Kid. There it yeah. is. <laughs> it's a crazy lineage. Someday. Yeah. I was going to say, someday we should try to put this in order. Which brings me to my next point. Don't smoke crack. <laughs> <laughs> or weed. Most importantly, crack. Actually, weed's going to be legal in a couple of years, so you could probably do that anyway. Not until you're 21, though. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk some football. Holy oh, We have shit. bad advice on everything else. Hey, the wild card round was a bust for me, but the Vikings moved on. The Packers didn't play because they're lazy. So let's get into these matchups. You want to start in the NFC or the AFC? Hey, let's go right in order the way the games, these are, uh, the games will be played this weekend. That's a good idea. What's the first game? Well, the Minnesota Vikings are going to travel out west, hop on the ponies, and join the gold rush to go play <laughs> the San Francisco 1849ers. That's where the name came from for people that aren't familiar. 1849 was the gold rush where everybody went out to California to try and get rich. They were gold in them there hills. Did they find so, any? Now that we're done with the history lesson... Um, Recess! This is going to be one hell of a game. Uh, 4.35 Eastern Time on Saturday. So I, the Vikings and the 49ers going to be playing. I just want to bring this up. Anybody that has listened at length to this podcast, Sean told you time and time again in the playoff picture drop. Watch out for the six seed. Oh, shit. Both six seeds from the NFC and the AFC are playing on Saturday. And God damn it, don't I believe that at least one of these number one seeds is going to go down. I really think it's going to happen. Obviously, I'd like... <laughs> For the Vikings to be the ones that make it happen. But if it doesn't happen that way, I really think that the Titans can go and upset 
the Ravens. But uh, while we're on the topic of the Vikings and the 49ers game, um, this is going to be a crazy game. If you look, if you go down the list, you know, like position by position and who has the advantage, it, it's really close, like all across the board for these teams. Like, there's literally, I mean, you can argue one way or the other for pretty much every single position. Punter might be one that the Vikings have uh, in hand. You know, Britton Colquitt didn't have a touchback all year until uh, that game last week against the Saints. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll pop the call a little bit on that one. Up, up, up. Special teams matters. <laughs> Special teams matters. But, I mean, the you can't even really put it in, uh, you know, the realm of possibilities as far as, like, the Vikings and the 49ers played week one last year, which Jimmy Garoppolo's first game as a 49er, and he threw three interceptions. Uh, the Vikings kind of ate him alive. I know, different team, everything, but... I think if anything, you know, you take away from what happened in that game and if you can get that pressure on Garoppolo because it, it, it really is their only experience, you know, playing against him. Still a relatively unknown guy. This is going to be his first playoff start in his career. So there's something that you have going for you. But the way that this 49ers defense has operated this year, you know, it, it kind of is a cause for concern uh, for the Vikings. The 49ers are the number one team against the pass as far as defense is concerned. So that's rough. Here's the thing that they can take advantage of. The 49ers are ranked 17th against the run this year. You got a healthy Dalvin Cook. You got a healthy Alexander Madison back. The trouble is the offensive line needs to show up in this game the way that they showed up in the Saints game for you to even have a chance. Because the way that this you know front four for the 49ers operates, if your offensive line yeah, if your offensive line struggles, you know, you could be looking at that that same type of game, that week sixteen game against Green Bay where you pick up seven first downs the whole game. Yeah, you're they're going to have to be on their toes cuz the the Niners front four, their front seven really when you put the uh what is it? Fred Warner. When you put the linebackers in the conversation as well. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of these team neither one of these teams score over 20 points this weekend. Like these defenses are going to be a problem for both offenses and I think the real tilting point will be that Niners defense against the offensive line and Kirk Cousins and you know can they figure out a way to slow him down and keep Cousins upright long enough for him to get the ball in the playmaker's hands yeah that's what it all boils down to it really does it's it's the it's the pass rush versus the offensive line it's the run blocking versus the def- the defensive line and the linebackers um they do have Who's it? D Ford and who's the other guy that they have coming back? God, why can't I think of his name? Armstead? No, 
Um, there's a linebacker that they have that's coming back. He's missed a few games. I don't know. I can't think of it. His name's like Quan Alexander. Is that it? Quan Alexander? Yep. Yeah. Quan Alexander. So I think if anything, free agent deal. you know, you you bring back two guys to a defense that has been playing very well. Feels like a why fix it when it isn't broken sort of situation. So I think maybe if you're, you know, if you're wishing on a star or whatever, maybe you can kind of make that argument that hopefully that makes a difference. We know D Ford does like to line up offside, so that could uh could help us out. But I think more importantly for me, the biggest um impact that these 49ers defense could have is DeForest Buckner. Um he has the third most pressures from a interior defensive lineman so far this year, or well, throughout the regular season, I should say. And the other three were Kenny Clark, who a guy we know very well over a couple of games there with the Green Bay Packers, uh, Chris Jones, and Grady Jarrett. So the Vikings played all three of those guys. They gave the interior line for the Vikings so much trouble uh, and they look like a mess. So DeForest Buckner, third on that list out of those four guys, as far as pressure is coming from an interior defensive lineman. So he's a guy that you have to slow down. I know you got guys like Nick Bosa, but those, those, uh, you know, the way the tackles have been playing for the Vikings this year, they haven't really given up a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, pressures. A lot of sacks. It's it's mostly come from you know the Bradbury, the Elf lines. They've they've had their troubles. So if they can line up Buckner, um, you know, on one or both of those guys, it's gonna, you know, it probably is gonna make uh, the Vikings offensive line have some struggles. I don't want to see it, obviously, but. I think that's you know something that they're going to have to share up. They're going to have to find a way to slow him down inside in order to give Cousins any time, in order to you know open holes for Dalvin Cook. But yeah, Dalvin yeah, Cook. I think you see the both offenses struggle early. I mean, the Vikings offense they're going to have to figure out what's going to work, and it it may take a few drives. So Vikings fans, be patient. That's what it's going to take from the offensive coordinator, the head coach, to figure out how are they attacking us and what do we have in the playbook to combat that. Yeah, and the 49ers offensively are a second-half team. They've scored you know, a majority of their points in the second half this year, um, and it's not even close. Like They're a very slow-starting offense. And you know they come on late. The three-headed monster there in the in the backfield. Um, so, like you said, you know you can be patient at times, and when you find something that works, like you need to you know drill it home. You know, full pedal to the metal. Go with what you know you're finding success in until they find a way to stop it. And that's you know that's going to be the keys to the Vikings being able to put up points on the you know. Very, very good defense. Um, like I said, number one in the past. So 
it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, and they're gonna need Dalvin Cook to get started, and for the the uh, 49ers to respect the run, and then you know pull up extra guys into the box and find some mismatch, find some you know open spots in the defense to you know go ahead and make some plays in the passing game. Uh, you know, great stat. Um, the Vikings are 40 and O under Mike Zimmer when they run the ball at least 30 times in a game. So tells you right there. That's a uh, Lord. They, you know, again, you can't just run the ball 30 times and pick up, you know, 41 yards and be like, ah, we're going to win the game. Might, might've been the case one or two times. I don't know who knows, but, uh, they need, they need that, uh, running game, you know, play action, the screen game, like those sorts of things that this Viking Vikings offense does well and, you know, uses a lot. Um, it all comes from having a, a successful run game. So, yeah, offensive line is going to have to be phenomenal, play a great game like they did against the Saints to even have a chance in this game. If it is the case where early on, you know, the 49ers are having a field day up there defensively against the offensive line, then, man, this could be a very ugly game very quickly. But I will say that I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is probably the one quarterback in the NFC that I fear the least. Like, even with the, you know, the Saints and the Eagles who got bounced in this last round. Like, both of their quarterbacks scare me way more than Jimmy Garoppolo does. He's kind of careless with the football. I've said it before. I'm I'm not completely sold that he's in that upper echelon of quarterbacks. He's benefiting from an amazing offensive-minded coach who's doing the right thing. He's putting him in an offense that, you know, helps him excel with his traits and his strengths. They try to hide his weaknesses, but from time to time he gets a little too aggressive and he forces balls and the Vikings can get, if the Vikings can get one of those uh, picks, you know, a short field for Kirk Cousins could mean the world for in this game. Like it could be truly be the dis- difference. And I don't want to try to play both sides of the fiddle here because only one side works, <laughs> but Kirk Cousins <laughs> is also going to have to be careful because Richard Sherman I know he's getting up there in age, but he's still no joke. He's still one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So, yeah, which I, which defense can get their their quarterback a short field? I think is gonna really decide the game. More, I know we talked about the lines, blah blah blah, defensive lines. That's gonna affect Garoppolo and Cousins to possibly throw the pick. So it's you know I'm trying to bring this full circle here. Jesus Christ, kids. Are you guys still paying attention out there? Hey, <laughs> you. Are you fucking with me? On my head? <laughs> All right, before we uh, go any further, we're going to end up giving our predictions here. So why don't we wait for the pick for that? Do you have anything else to add preview-wise on this game? Things you'd like to see, whatever floats that boat of yours? Well, you brought up uh, Richard Sherman and in that Dick game Sherman. last year where <laughs> Dick Sherman... Uh, where they did, you know, the 49ers played against the Vikings. Uh, Diggs just ate him up. So, 
I do like, you know, if if the Vikings find a way to line up digs against Sherman, I think that matchup favors the Vikings. Um, but again, this is just a you're gonna have to pressure Garoppolo, you know, force the the turnovers again. Playing the Saints last week, a team that doesn't traditionally turn the ball over, and the second fewest turnovers in the league in the regular season, and you know oh, you, you you can find a way to go out there, strip sacks, fumbles, you know interceptions against such a a tough offense and an offense that you know protects the ball. You're gonna have to do it again this week, and you mentioned Kirk Cousins on the other side. He's going to have to have one of those games again where you don't make the careless play, the boneheaded play, turn the ball over, you know, make a bad throw, whatever. You know, this it's just you you kind of have to play that perfect game again. Well, we'll say perfect, we'll put it in air quotes because last week wasn't perfect either. But like you're going to have to like they they might have played their best game as a full team last week against the Saints. Well, you're going to have to step it up, you know, another notch and then show up yourself from a week ago in order to beat this 49ers team because they're 13-3, and man. They're, they are the real deal. I don't, you know, I'm not going to hate on the 49ers. Um, them bringing in John Lynch as the GM was genius. He's made nothing but the right moves ever since he got that job, bringing in Kyle Shanahan bringing in all these, you know, all these guys on this roster, um, it, it might be the one thing. They have a lot of inexperience. There's a majority of this roster that hasn't played in a playoff game yet. So that might be the one thing that hampers them, maybe makes them struggle in this game. But I expect this game to be highly competitive and more than likely a defensive struggle. That's That's my thought exactly. This will be, I don't know, to the casual fan, probably a boring game, but to hardcore future Cleveland Brown can head coaching candidates like us, <laughs> it'll be a doozy. All right, so let's move on to the second game, which is Saturday as well, 8.15 p.m. primetime. The Vrabel Titans versus the Harbaugh Ravens. This is going to be another. This is the same game. <laughs> Jeez, this is the same game in the AFC. But the one thing that's different is Lamar. Dude is a freak. I will continue to ride the pre-draft Lamar train. I love the guy. I've been rooting for him ever since he was drafted when they said he couldn't do it. You know what? He's doing it. Number one seed in the AFC. Home field throughout. Let's go. This is going to be another run-heavy game. Because on the other side is Mr. Derrick Henry. And guess what he does? Runs a lot for a lot of yards every game. This game might last two and a half hours. Like <laughs> This game will be over before 10. Like That would be crazy. They're, yeah, both teams just going to try to run the ball like crazy. And, you know, I... We obviously made that comparison. Well, this is the same game as the the earlier game on Saturday, but yeah, Lamar is the difference because he's that 
extend the play, run for 100 yards in a game type of quarterback. And I don't think that there's any argument that the difference in this game is going to be how the Titans treat, you know, their coverage of Lamar Jackson um, in this game. Because, you you know, you're going to have to do something like you, you spy him or, you know, you have you run some wide rush on him to keep him in the pocket or whatever it is. Um, but they're, he's, I mean, that's going to be <laughs> the only way the Titans win this game is to contain him, you know, in the pocket and make you or make him beat you with his arm, which he can do, but you can't, you know, you can't have a game where you let him pass for 250 yards and run for 80. You're going to lose that game. So, I, I mean, Vrabel, obviously, a former defensive player. You know, he's he's seen all the schemes that go into playing quarterbacks like this. So, I'm sure that his staff is going to come up with, you know, a great recipe to try and slow him down. You don't have a lot to look at uh, throughout the season as far as ways that teams kind of stifled the the Ravens offense and and then on the other side of the ball I mean it's just going to be man on man football just the Titans are trying to run the ball again you know 180 yards against the Patriots they ran it for um I I think they stand a very good chance if they have similar success against the Ravens who have been a phenomenal defense all season long so Oh, man, this is going to be such a fun game to watch. They're going to get the hog mollies bashing heads. And you know what? There's good. Each team's going to have one possession in the first quarter. It's going to be an eight-minute drive and an eight-minute drive, and it'll be 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> I will give, uh, I'll give the Ravens the benefit of the doubt if we're going by kickers. Yeah, you got to. I mean, the Titans kicker kicked his first ever NFL kick this weekend. He was just signed. They're, yeah, they're on like their fourth kicker this year. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, suck up went out, and then he came back. Now he's out again. Ugh, brutal, 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 brutal. But I think the key in this game is Derrick Henry. And when I say the key, I mean the Ravens win if Derrick Henry rushes less than 150 yards. I said 200 against the Patriots. That was a different animal. I don't think they'll have enough possession. Unless he breaks like 350-yard runs, I don't think he's he'll hit 200 yards against this Ravens defense. But oh, if he hits 150, the Titans will kick enough field goals to out-field goal the Ravens. But if they can hold... If the Ravens defense holds the Titans... Olds Henry in particular under 150 yards. I think Lamar will do enough getting them into field goal range, breaking his special plays, you know, where he gets a 34 yard rush for a touchdown or whatever. I like the Ravens in this one a lot because of their quarterback. I don't know if I, you know, Tannehill's fun. I've been, you know, following this team all year. And just the progression from Mariota to Tannehill. I mean, what he's done is spectacular and just proves Adam Gase doesn't know what the hell he's doing with football talent. But I don't know if I trust him in a big game like this against 
this Ravens team. I don't know. We'll get to pick them. I don't want to spoil yeah. it, but go ahead. The way that the Ravens defense operates, um, you know, obviously if the Ravens get up early, I think it plays to the advantage of the Ravens. Uh, if Tannehill's the one that has to decide this game, because again, if you know if you're chasing points and you're taking the ball out of your workhorse, your playmaker's hands, and you know obviously they have, you know the the Titans do have you know some playmakers in the past game too, but um, yeah, I just the Titans need to keep this game close in order to to give themselves a chance. Um, so. The defense, I think, does have, especially in the secondary, to slow down, uh, you know, some of the pass game stuff, Hollywood Brown and the like. But it's going to be really hard to contain Lamar because we really haven't seen anybody do it uh, successfully, you know, in, in a shootout type of game where, you know, the game's real close. So, yeah. Oh. It's what we live for right here, playoff football. In these types of matchups. Mm-hmm. This is a pro Lamar Jackson podcast for the rest of the year for me, baby. Until they get eliminated and I have to pick somebody say, else. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> until uh until somebody finds the recipe to slow him down. It's you know, this is the same thing, you know. My Super Bowl pick was the Patriots and the Saints. They both lost <laughs> last week. <laughs> but again, it's difficult to pick against teams like that until somebody shows you something where you shouldn't believe in them. And you we kept going through this where we, we are asking the Facebook questions, you know, people are like, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? Like given where we are now. And I said, it's hard to pick against what the Ravens are doing because people can't slow them down on either side of the ball. And this is the same situation. Like, I just, I you know, I'm high and mighty on the Ravens from a AFC standpoint because, well, you can't, you know, you can't doubt them until somebody gives you a reason to. I give you props for, for saying that because earlier this year, I want to say it was maybe eight, nine weeks into the season, on this podcast, you told Steven that there were, the AFC was a two-team race between the Patriots and the Chiefs, and Steven said something to the effect of, and you don't think the Ravens? And you said, nah, nah, they're garbage. Yeah, You've come a long way did. in your Ravendom. Ravendom. Yeah, That's I mean, word now. you know, I mean, I think I'm a realist and for the most optimist. part. And so, I mean... Again, you see with your eyes, you know, exactly what's happening uh, week in and week out with these teams. So, you know, 49ers, Ravens, Saints, like all these 13-3, and 14-2 and two teams. I mean, it's a reason they got there. All right, let's go to Sunday then because the Texans are going to the Chiefs. 3.05, ridiculous start time, but whatever, I guess. Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes. You wonder if Mitch Trubisky's watching this game. Oh, come. Because he was drafted before both of them. And they're both better. And in the playoffs. Look at that. All right. So, Texans needed some 
craziness, Josh Allen, absolute diaper filling, to get to this game. Now that they're here, you believe in the Texans? Or is it Chiefs Kingdom, baby? Andy Reid! I at least give the Texans a chance in this game. If nothing else, the Chiefs defense isn't even close to what the Bills defense is. So there, you know, there's that opportunity for them to go out there and score points. The trouble is, if we get in a situation where you have a shootout with the Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the speed that the Chiefs offense has, it's you know, it's it's not going to be not going to be fun for the Texans, I think, if you get in those types of situations. So Chiefs offense, Texans defense is going to be you know, the the big matchup for me, man, J.J. Watt needs to come out and have a game like he did against the Bills because that man willed oh, his man team possessed. to the victory uh, without a doubt in that game for me. And the look on his face, like when he went out there for the coin toss in overtime and him walking back to the sideline was like, you know, if I was everybody else, I'd have had my head down not looking at the guy because I knew he was pissed that it got to that point. And he was like, we need to go win this game. So, J.J. Watt might have to be the difference uh, for the Texans in this game if they're going to have a chance. Yeah, you don't want to let Mahomes get going. Because once he gets in a rhythm and he starts just absolutely distributing, that's when one of these guys... Ah, Jesus Christ. Words are hard. (laughs) When he gets in a rhythm, what he does... Impacting the defense is magical because when he starts driving down the field, you start to see the panic start to set in on the defense. Yes. And that's when the busted plays happen, the big plays, because somebody is so like stressed out and worried about Mahomes that that's when they make a big play. You give too much cushion to a guy like Tyree Kill and see a bye. There's not a human being in the NFL that can keep up with him. Dude, like, I don't you, care. I'll you think fight about anyone. all the plays where, like, you know, uh, what's his name? Is his name Dexter Williams? Is that the running back? I, they have like a Dexter and a Damian and a Duke and a <laughs> Donnie and I don't know got the whole Williams clan. Like, I I feel like every single time one of their running backs like breaks a big run, the one guy that could tackle him is Tariq Hill. You just I watch know. like he, the replays, and he gets. Like the running backs, like down to like the fifteen yard line, and all of a sudden, Tyreek Hill comes running down and just like beats him to the end zone. <laughs> yeah, I mean the speed yeah. in this in this offense is just absurd. Um, even in like and they stress you, know, you out. Man. Yeah, the the special teams, you know, McCole Hardman uh, returning kicks and stuff like that. Like, I think you know there there's special things about this Chiefs team. That make the you make it difficult to play against them. Never mind the fact that Andy Reid is just out to lunch with the play designs and stuff that he comes up with on offense. So, yeah, this isn't this is not a matchup you want to have. Here's the other thing: now you need to go into Arrowhead, one of the loudest stadiums in the league, and you know try and play a game. Well, you just won a game at home where the fans, you know, were in your favor. Now you need to go into enemy territory where you're not going to be able to hear a thing. So that's going to be super challenging for Bill O'Brien, Deshaun Watson, and this 
Texans team. So I don't know. I, you know, we'll, we'll see the way it plays out, but I don't know if again this bye week thing always to me just seems like sometimes it screws with some teams. So sometimes you might you know might hit the snooze you know a couple times too many in the bye week. Maybe a slow start. <clears throat> you never know. Yeah, sometimes it you is know, Andy Reid. So it's yeah the slow start. Maybe a clock management issue. You know, sometimes absolutely crap your pants in a big game. This is just one of those like he's you know this game. It, it feels like if it's close, could just come down to like a you know a pass deflection at the line that gets picked off. You know, one way or the other, making the difference. So I don't know. It's a it, it, all. The, I mean, all these games should be competitive. Vegas doesn't agree on some of these lines that we'll get to in a little bit, but you know, I, I do think that, you know, again, even last week with the, you know, the the, the biggest uh, point difference was the Eagles game at eight points. So I, I fully expect to see another week similar scores. All right, the last one of the weekend. 6.40 p.m. Sunday, Seahawks at the Packers. I hope the fucking Packers shove it up that motherfucker's ass. <laughs> I don't even, oh, man. I just want to see Clowny get embarrassed. Clown, stupid, butt-faced, doo-doo head. Clown. I'll never forgive you. Never, ever will I forgive you. I want Aaron Jones to run for 110 yards, catch six balls for 65 yards, and two touchdowns. I don't know what the line is. I don't know if you can tell me what the line is, but... Packers by four. This Seahawks team is a fraud. They had a decent season. When you look at their wins-loss record, 11-5, and blah, blah, blah. This is a team that should have lost to the Eagles. They rely so heavily on Russell Wilson's nonsense, running around, doing backflips, getting a beer, having a soda, stopping for some popcorn, helping a little kid cross the end zone. And then he manages to throw some ridiculous pass that's caught because some guy got open because Russell's been running around for 45 minutes. The whole point of this is fucking A. He can't always be that lucky. He's not going to be able to keep this up. Against the Eagles, their offensive line was starting three backups. And the Eagles got pressure. Russell was hit a ton. The Packers, as much as I love Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and the Eagles, the Packers have the Smith brothers who have been a force this year. That Seahawks line is not going to be able to hold up like they did against Philly, and that was not much. If the Packers start hitting Russell a lot, hard, boom, 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 sack, hit, quarterback hit, quarterback hit, sack, you have to think Russell's going to start getting a little jittery. That's when he's going to make a mistake to someone like uh, Jair Alexander, and they're going to house it because... This Seattle team, I mean, losing three top running backs, re-signing beast mode, they still want to run the ball. They're still going to try to run the ball. The Packers are said to be able to be had through the run game. But if the Packers get up enough, if they get up 10 nothing, and Seattle has to abandon the run, that's going to be a good thing for the Packers in this game. The Packers, no matter what, the Packers will dictate this game. The Seahawks will have to beat the Packers by doing whatever the Packers allow them to. 
might be true. This is this um, will the be Packers their demise. defense. Yeah, the Packers defense is, especially as far as the pass rush is concerned, is the best it's been in years. Probably since they won the Super Bowl. No doubt. Um, maybe their secondary is one thing that you can get after. You know, still a little young, a little inexperienced. But, I mean, the Seahawks, like, given the injuries at running back, again, Russell Wilson was a leading rusher against the Eagles. You don't want to see that from a team that likes to run the ball a lot. Um, so they're going to need, you know, Russell Wilson to have a great passing game and a guy like DK Metcalf to step up again and uh, make the difference in this game if the Seahawks, you know, want to have a chance. But I do think that the uh, Seahawks defense might be able to give the Packers uh, offense a little bit of fits here and there. I don't know. This Seahawks and Packers, whenever they get together, crazy shit happens. So, Yeah, I hope Should the Packers exciting. win on a Hail Mary. <laughs> Just hope the Packers win it all. Get your little brother to bail you out again. You know what? I just want the Packers to win so that the Vikings can win and we can have the craziest JPP NFC championship showdown this side of the Mississippi. Uh, ever since, what, 2018, right? Was it two years ago? Technically 2018, yeah. Yeah. When the uh, Eagles and the Vikings, is that what you're referring to? I Yes, I was. Good game. Good match they had in the American football. I'm just spitballing here, but how crazy would it be, one way or the other, we could have an NFC championship that's division rivals from the NFC North, division rivals from the NFC West. Oh, and we could have an AFC championship that's rivals from the AFC South. Hmm. So nice. we could... Some crazy situations could uh, come from these matchups this week. Lead to some really interesting uh, championship matchups. But, uh, man, I think now that we've covered all these games, probably something we should do. Let's get to the pick'em. Playoff pick'em, baby. Playoff pick'em one. Playoff pick'em, baby. Who is going to make a run? We're going to do divisional round pick'em this week. Last week, we had Titans, Patriots, Bills, Texans, Vikings, Saints, Seahawks, Eagles. <sighs> Who's the asshole to pick the Eagles? You. <laughs> Reverse jinx did not work. I should have just went with my heart. It's playoffs. I should have known better. Anyways. Uh, correct answer for Titans, Patriots was Titans and under. I nailed it. Steven got the Titans. Steve got nothing. We're not keeping score. This is whose pick'em is it anyway? Playoff edition. 
Where the points don't matter. The points don't matter. (laughs) Bills at Texans. Texans, two and a half point favorite. Do cover. It hits the under. So Steve and I are on the under. Why couldn't the fucking Bills just win that game? They should. I'll never get over that. Oh, anyway, should have won. Sean McDermott will learn and get better. Mm-hmm. Probably win the AFC East next year. Let's fucking go. All right, then we had Vikings at Saints. Saints were a ridiculous eight-point favorite. No 49 and a half over under. Vikings under for Steven. Steve hit the Vikings, and I struck out on a foul ball. Hey, what was that thing we said last week? When the Saints play, you pick the over? Yep. Whoops. Well, the Saints didn't show up, did they? The Vikings defense played probably their best game of the year. Especially in the secondary. Jesus. With all the guys going down and everything? Yeah, you lose Mackenzie Alexander. Mike Hughes goes on AR. AR? Did I say AR? What the fuck? IR. IR. Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, like, as soon as I saw the announcement that Mackenzie Alexander's not playing, Mike Hughes is out, like, my stomach just dropped. I was like, really? This is not the news. This is not the situation we need to be in going into this game. But, god damn, if that team didn't step up. Uh, we just own the Saints. I can't help it. All right, Soupy. It's late. It's a Friday night. We're ready to hit the bars. No, we're just old and we want to go to bed. Hey, did you mention that the Seahawks and under was the correct answer in the last game? Nope, I did it on purpose. <laughs> so, divisional round pick them. We'll start <laughs> with the Vikings at the Niners. Niners seven point home favorite forty four and a half over under. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and try the reverse jinx for you. I'm taking the Niners and the under, even though it's gonna go over. I mean, you know, throughout history, you'd probably be correct by uh, picking the number one team, but this is just a. I I mean I gotta pick. Got to pick my team. You know what I mean? Listen, uh, Stefan Diggs missed practice today because he's got diaphlusy of the blowhole. <laughs> Apparently picked up the flu bug from some of the other guys. Adam Thielen uh, twisted his ankle in practice today. Hey, maybe sit him until Saturday. Don't let him do anything. Heavily tape him. Let him walk around. Whatever. Yeah, don't play him. For no other reason than I am a diehard Minnesota Vikings fan and have been for like 25 years picking the Vikings. I mean, I hope and expect this game to be you know, just knock down, drag out football, old school style. So I'm taking the Vikings. I will also take the under if I can spell. But yeah, I, I do think that this is going to be a defensive struggle. And I would not be surprised in the least if this ends up being like a 17-7 to game one way or the other. I think a missed kick is going to come into play in this game. I already said Good job, Robbie Gould. Under. 
But I think this is, uh, I'm going to go Niners 21, Vikings 17. That's my score prediction that you didn't ask for. I say 21 to 23. That way it's a half point under. I picked the Niners to win. <laughs> and they're a seven point favorite. And I picked them to win by four. <laughs> hey, well, you know, you got to win sometimes. We're going to go 25 17. Hey, there you go. Made it work. Right. Jeez. You can could, you could up that like 27 if you want. That's fine too. Yeah, two score games seems a lot. <laughs> Eight points, one score game, but they still cover. All right, Titans at the Baltimore Ravens, who are a 10 point home favorite. 46 and a half over under. Soupy doopy. Let's get loopy. I mentioned it earlier in the episode. Watch out for the six seed. Oh, grizzing on them. I mean, I'm going to pick the Titans because they're not going to lose by 10. Guaranteed. Um, I'm also going to take the over. I think uh, they pull out all the stops. Both of these teams to uh, put some points up. This is going to be that game. That surprises everybody this week. Again, 46 and a half. You expect it to be one of these low-scoring games. But, yeah, I think I think these uh, two head coaches uh, go crazy. And we're gonna, this is going to be the shootout. This is going to be the shootout this week. Titans-Ravens, highest-scoring game of the weekend. No, you don't. I disagree. I think the Ravens are going to win this game, and they're going to win it handily. I will pick them to cover the 10. I'm going to say 26 to 10 Ravens only because the Ravens are going to force Tannehill to win this game. And I think it's just going to be too much. I don't think he can, if it's a defensive running struggle, I think the Titans would have a better chance. But if the Ravens start putting up points and put up a shootout, I don't think the Titans are going to be able to, the score with Lamar as quick and as dangerous as he is passing, throwing, running, whatever. All the uh, things that he does with the football. <laughs> <laughs> Pets heads are falling off. <laughs> the fucking show is falling apart. Nope. Ravens by 16. Wow. Steven, what do you think? Bueller. Oh, okay. Stevens can't make it tonight, so I'm sad. I wish he was here and he brought his Sega Genesis over. I mean, I just wish he was here so that we could both pick the Seahawks over the Packers. Wait, you don't want the Seahawks to win. <sighs> Bro, Seahawks at Packers. Packers are a four-point home favorite. 46 over under. Go, Pack, go. Send them home. Packers over. You said 46. It's 46 and a half is the over-under. Packers won't win by four. This will be like a one or two-point game, so I'll, I'll take the Seahawks in that fashion. But uh, I do think this hits the over as well. This will be like a 28 to 20, 27 to 26 type game. I'll take the Seahawks. 
against the spread. They'll cover just a little bit. Mm. Field goal oh, in the I final love, seconds in love. fine Packers fashion, like it's a goddamn Detroit Lions game. <laughs> if they win. I think that the Packers are winning this football game 27 to 20. I am taking the over. And I already said all of this, but the reason I'm saying this is because this isn't going to be close. This is going to be a 27 to 13 game until the last three minutes of the fourth quarter when they get a garbage time touchdown to close the gap a little. I think the Packers are going to handle the Seattle Seahawks and send them to the golf course. If the Packers Cowboys. are if the Packers are going to win this game, Matt LaFleur needs to you know call the offense to Aaron Rodgers strengths. Because all season long they've kind of done this thing where they try to mix in the things that Aaron Rodgers does well and is familiar with to this new kind of offense. And I think it's what's really slowed their offense down. Um, yeah, they have two playbooks. They have basically like Aaron Rodgers' playbook yeah, and what LaFleur wants to play, do. Yeah. They took two playbooks, they're trying to make it into one. And you can see the times where Rodgers has struggled this year, which I mean it, it's it's weird because he hasn't been the quarterback that we know and expect to see every single week. Like there are those weeks where it's just complete disappointment, really, from him in a passing uh, perspective. So they need to just kind of put the Lafleur half of the playbook, you know, in the in the back corner, bring out a play every now and then, go more with what Aaron is comfortable with, and has been running for a majority of his uh, successful you know, his, career. His career in order to have success on offense because the way that, you know, things have broken down for the Packers recently is, is can you cover Devontae Adams? Can you slow down Aaron Jones? If you can do those things, you can crush the Packers. You look back at when the 49ers just ate the Packers alive uh, earlier this year is because they could, but they could do both of those things. If you let Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers, then, you know, that that's where you're going to find success. So they need to do that. They need to just get away from this. We're going to – this is the game plan. We're going to go half this, half that. No, no, no. It's playoff football. Your best player on your team should dictate what you do. <laughs> so the Packers want to win this game. Do a game plan for Aaron Rodgers. Boom. Last game, which happens before this game. <laughs> Texans at Chiefs. Chiefs, 10-point home favorite. Biggest over-under the week, 51. Jesus. That's a lot of points, Cotton. That's a, what, 31 to 21 to cover? I mean, somewhere in there. I guess it could be... 27 to 26, and that's technically 53, so that's enough. Well, it wouldn't cover. Well, no, it wouldn't cover. I'm just saying over-under. 51 It's the biggest, the biggest 
glaring uh, issue in this game for me. The Chiefs minus 10, I can see it. You know why? I don't believe in the Texans. I didn't believe in the Texans last week. Hell, they should have lost that game if Sean McDermott, if uh, Josh Allen don't make boneheaded calls, boneheaded plays down the line. I mean, we're talking about a Bills-Chiefs game, which I think would be highly competitive compared to to this game right here. So, um, (laughs) why does it look like we... Did we spell Chiefs wrong? Nope, that's right. Is that right? Yes. I don't know why it looks fine. Before E. Yeah. Before E, except CH. (laughs) I don't know what I said. I agree with you. I'm taking the Chiefs in the over. I don't know. Are you taking over or under? I'm taking the over. Was I sleeping? I almost said that when you mentioned pudding on the last episode. I'm going to take the under because I I honestly don't think that the... I think the Chiefs are just going to have the ball a lot. And I think they're going to score early. And I think Andy Reid's going to find a way to just drain the clock. And make the Texans look like the pumpkin they usually become in the playoffs. I said, man, Chiefs are going to their second straight AFC championship game. I'm going to say shoot out. I want to see bombs after bombs on both sides. I'm going to go 41-31 for the chefs. And that, my friends, will lead us into a conference championship week of discussions. But for tonight, episode 78 is, excuse me, episode 79 of the Joint Practice Podcast is in the books. Catch us on Twitter at Joint Practices. I'm at Eleven the Goat. Steve is at the Knox says. Hit us up on Twitter and say, "What what 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 up?" You could even say, "Yeah, it looks great," but who are the chefs? <laughs> great commercial. One of my favorites of all time. I mean, a close second are some of these Baker Mayfield. God, Baker for president. Get baked! I love it. Baker at home. Such great, great commercials. I hope whoever came up with that got a big raise. He better have. Um, Or she. Or she. We don't know. We don't know. We have no idea what happened there, but goddamn, the the fire alarm one killed me. That's my favorite. (laughs) And that one and the one where he's standing at the fuse box. Did that one work? I like the lawnmower (laughs) one specifically. Where he's like trying to start the lawnmower and the guy's like, I can help you with that. Like sitting on the industrial, like humongous lawnmower, riding lawnmower. And he's like, nah, man, she cut his own grass. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Um, Hey, you know, wherever you're listening, we just brought up, you know, Baker Mayfield. Hire us, Cleveland. Hashtag hire us, Cleveland. We're looking for a job, a new job fun job maybe a job where we don't go six and ten yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying but anyway I can win six fucking games let's go easy easy game with that with that that crew are you kidding me should have won a thousand games this year but whether you're listening 
to this episode Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Blueberry, any of these platforms. Go ahead, hit the subscribe button. Give it that five-star rating. Because, you know, is that good? Go ahead and send us a tweet this week. Use the hashtag. Hashtag. Beanbag. <laughs> what? Don't forget the beanbag. <laughs> Letters are hard, huh? I, I thought I was hashtag at one spot. Hashtag beanbag. Yeah, hashtag beanbag. Don't forget the beanbag. <laughs> oh, hashtag beanbag. Life. Let's us know you're listening to this episode. Use hashtag beanbag and just say the team you think is going to uh, win the Super Bowl. We're down to the final eight. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Um, ah, the Vikings. Two, two, two more wins could finally get to the Super Bowl for the first time in my recollection. God damn it. I told you earlier on, I think right before the season started, it's a great time of year because you're like, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year the Vikings finally make the playoffs. Make the Super Bowl. Do something. (laughs) God damn it. Like, I'm just... This This is the time of year that usually comes great disappointment for me. I know the Rumbling Saints have cookie, had right? have had a rough run these last three years. You know, you lost on the Minneapolis Miracle. You got screwed by the NFL the following year on that Mikel Roby Coleman pass interference that I mean Stevie Wonder could have called that better than the refs did. You lost in overtime to the Vikings. Yes. Times are hard, but Saints fans wouldn't last a day being Vikings fans. You know, you I mean, they the, only got one ring, so they're not really horn tooting too much. I know, but you know, they they want to piss and moan and cry about the way that things haven't gone their way recently. But like, you didn't have to deal with the Gary Anderson missed field goal, which is the first missed field goal. You know, of his season in the <laughs> NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl. You didn't have to deal with going to the NFC Championship two years later against the New York Giants and losing 41 to nothing against a Kerry Collins led offense. Oops. Three years later, you didn't have to miss the playoffs because you couldn't beat an Arizona Cardinals team. That was led by Josh McCown, who couldn't win a playoff game this year either. Hey, hey, settle down. <laughs> like, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't deal with the Bounty Gate stuff. You couldn't deal with the getting crushed by the Eagles in the NFC Championship after the Minneapolis Miracle, where you, like, just seemed like the, the team was on cloud nine and forgot to come back down to play the game. It's just Thank you. Guess what? Saints fans, things could be worse. You could have spent 
you know, 30 years, 40 years now without actually getting to a Super Bowl. Just remember that. You always be a Bengals fan. You could. I mean, shit's bad. The Vikings, like I said before, have uh, the most losses in, in playoff history, but hell, we're going for the record for most wins now without uh, actually winning the Super Bowl. So. We're on the verge. I'm going to go ahead and try and, uh, try and stick it to the 1849ers. Here we go. Skull Vikings. Go get it. Go Pack Go. This week. What? what? Eagles fly, baby. See you next year. Shred the cheese. Oh shit. We out. Make smart decisions. Wear a condom when you smoke weed.